Welcome everyone to the Inhumans podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Shh, don't talk too loud, Pete. It's Pete. <laughs> Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody here today to talk to you about Inhumans at San Diego Comic-Con. Indeed, Pete, uh, they had actually two press opportunities there. The one was the main panel there at uh, San Diego Comic-Con proper. Earlier that day, uh, the cast and Jeff Loeb had a media event on the IMDb barge, which is a thing, Um, which my big takeaway as a a viewer from 3,000 miles away was that they had a really, really big cast in front of a tiny little IMDb backdrop. But uh, (laughs) hey, more press is always a good thing. At the panel proper, though, uh, Jeff Loeb, of course, was there, joined by Anson Mount, Iwan Rion, Sarinda Swan, Ime Ickwalker, Isabel Cornish, Ken Leung, uh, Ellen Waglom, Sonia Balmoris, and uh, Mike Moe, as well as episode director Roel Rainey and showrunner, our podcast favorite, (laughs) Scott Buck. So, Pete, where would you like to start? Where would I like to start? I would like to start with the fact that they did not show the pilot there, um, which is kind of surprising. Yes, they want people to go to IMAX and pay for it to see it ahead of it being on ABC. But I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do that maybe to curry some some goodwill. Um, And I also think they're still kind of afraid of the reception of this show. The wig stuff um, was was mocked by Jeff Loeb wearing a wig, wearing a red wig during the panel. He certainly knows how to read a room and he knows how to run a panel. This is something we've discussed many, many times, whether it's for this most recent spate of San Diego stuff or otherwise. He knows he knows when to give. He knows when to take. Um, He he knows how to play a room of three to five to seven thousand people and play them like an instrument. And that is nothing but compliment for him to come out wearing that wig. You know, it, it diffused the elephant in the room, if you don't mind the mixed metaphor there. Yeah, and I I think it gets people to to look at what it is they're railing against. Okay, it's a wig. We've seen now in the second trailer the hair move. It's not that much better given what people feared. But again, Matt, what that second trailer sells you on is the size of the screen you will see it on. Which is a fair point. And if I'm IMAX and I have paid entirely for the first two episodes and the first two episodes were shot on IMAX cameras. Yeah, IMAX, IMAX. Let's get let's say IMAX as many times as possible. Here's one concern, though. If you want me to be an, uh, emotionally invested over the course of uh, what we are assuming is seven weeks, they're doubling up the first two episodes the first week. Um, if you want me to be emotionally invested for those seven weeks, after the first night of tv it's not going to be an imax so how's that work it's imax is one of the selling points of it most of it won't be an imax so again i feel like i don't fault marvel television for saying hey we have a partner who's willing to pay a whole bunch of money uh cool i don't fault imax for trying out this new thing i mean 
how many times have we discussed it's the golden age of television is that starting to leave movies behind um these are all good points but if at the end of the day you're selling this to me as pay to see the first two episodes in imax on a giant screen before you get a downgraded quality on abc and then spend more time caring about these people huh i I get it as a, a marketing thing but the most problematic aspect that you mentioned i'll double down on so the first two episodes will be in theaters and obviously they're gonna attempt to hook you every way that they can at the conclusion of that and then they're gonna show those two episodes again uh later in september and then you're gonna wait a little longer to see the third episode which will come back in terms of scale because there's no way they're shooting it with the imax cameras if they're not showing it in imax matt long term should this be a show that is renewed do they go back to imax for the beginning of season two was something to that occurred to me very late one night I, I think, Pete, there's a very simple answer. If IMAX says yes, and they will pay for it, then duh, the show would be ridiculous not to do that. As we've said many, many times before, this is an eight-episode show that uh, you know ABC Studios, Marvel TV, ABC, however you want to slice up that Disney pie, but those normal participants are only paying for six of the eight episodes. And if you're going to, if you're going to, pack in in the first two episodes a lot of your uh series-wide costs i.e uh costumes and uh standing sets and things of that sort then you're getting more than 25 percent of your uh series eight episode budget spent in those first two episodes so if if this works out for imax and imax says hey we projected that on an average first weekend in september we would do X business in uh, in IMAX, and uh, you know, Inhumans brought us in more money than we thought we would, and we made money on our investment. Sure, if not, then IMAX is going to say, "Hey, it was cool being experimental partners and friends. Um, enjoy the rest of Inhumans on TV only." Right before we went on, I happened to see an article about IMAX that they're pretty much to the point where they're dropping 3D. Um, that that's kind of past. It's going to be interesting to see if Avatar can resuscitate any of that or is James Cameron just going to recreate the pressure that you feel at the lowest point in the oceans for the the, what is it now, four new Avatar movies that are that are coming um, just like the, the dragons on game of Thrones, but um, it's been attention getting that IMAX who announced this deal in November has still not gotten another taker as far as a TV partner is concerned. And I'm increasingly worried. We're going to view this as a curiosity as far as TV goes. Um, so yeah, but that, that's where we're at. Um, they definitely sell you on more action. There's a greater scope for this particular trailer. Um, one wonders why they didn't drop this one sooner, but obviously you've got to have something for the people at San Diego comic-con. 
I agree that the scope looks big. I guess my big takeaway after seeing the second trailer is I feel better about it as a property. It's great to see more kind of, you know, more of the goings on. I still have concerns about how the scope is presented. There still are shots that look sparse while looking big, which is a really weird combination. Um, I still have some concerns about the hair, even though it's moving fairly convincingly now. Blurry. Um, <laughs> what's that? It's blurry movement. Yeah. It's, it's an unusual effect to be sure. And listen, you know, how many characters with uh, moving hair have we seen before? But all right. If we want to throw out like a Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean with the tentacles and yes, tentacles are not hair, but there, there's a link here if you if you follow me that was done on movie screens in 2006 you mean to tell me that 11 years later with the magic mat that we had on agents of shield with hive with a super quick turnaround that we couldn't somehow make the hair i don't know just a little bit more captivating get her a dye job and, and then animate that instead of this really bad wig. Like it's got me totally down on the character. I have no response as to why the color is what the color is, particularly how it, how it interacts with the color for costume that looks, you know, incredibly one note and incredibly ripped from the comics in the worst sense. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's maybe quickly in that first episode, they're going to go, and let us retire our traditional garb, you know, and so it'll end up as well. <laughs> the clothing will have been a wink and a nod. Okay, fine. I'll even take a wait and see attitude towards the hair. Um, you know, an incomplete effect uh, is going to look awful until it looks perfect. Um, that said, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, the big takeaway from people's responses to this panel was that this panel didn't save the day. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter noted that of the clips that were shown at San Diego Comic-Con, they, quote, solicited laughter from the fanboy crowd, close quote. And they don't mean that as a compliment. Um, and That's the, not what you want. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> at all. And they were already fighting um, an, an image problem. So the trailer helped the, the, the scope, the size, touting IMAX, but the reaction of... The, the knowledgeable fan in there uh, laughing at it certainly was a step back. There also was news that weekend that uh, that the Inhumans and Iron Fist season one showrunner Scott Buck will not be back for Iron Fist season two. Um, uh, the there have been quotes from uh, Jeff Loeb since then uh, to say you know, no, it's not a negative. It's just that we were, we were ready to go in Iron Fist season two and Scott was still finishing up in humans. So it's just a matter of, there was too much you know, more work than one guy could handle and so on and so forth. And that may well be. Um, but Pete, let me give you a slightly different scenario. If Jessica Jones season two or three or whatever, however far you want to look in the future, if you heard, Hey, Melissa Rosenberg is not going to be available for uh, the the first uh, three months of uh, uh, of the calendar year, and that's when they want to start to get Jessica Jones going. Move on without her. What would your response be? No. 
Exactly. This is a show that she's worked on since the early 2010s, as I recall. It's an absolute labor of love. The The tone just springs through her. Um, the respect that Kristen Ritter has for her uh, girl boss that she tweets about all the time. And, and yeah, okay, she's her boss, but still, yeah, it, it would be a it would be a tough sell. And, you know, and on and on and on. And I realize, you know, it might be apples and oranges to a certain degree. But again, to bring it back to Inhumans, you know, the fact that the guy who did the least well-received season of Marvel Netflix, who has now showrun Inhumans, which is not getting the buzz that, that frankly, all of us want. Give me captivating entertaining television movies hybrids i don't care you know give me give me something that i can sink my teeth into um and the fact that he's not going to be back for more marvel after this i can't but help but kind of retroactively let that cast a shadow on humans i don't know where they are in their production um but we will certainly have to keep tabs how it goes well, and keep tabs, we will, uh, barring some sort of breaking news, we will be next Talking in Humans the last week in August, ahead of the September 1st uh, film premiere, IMAX premiere. I don't know if you heard, Pete, it's going to be starting out in IMAX um, with special IMAX cameras. Um, until then, podcast listeners, if you're listening to us on the Inhumans feed, we're going to be uh, digging into Defenders soon. If you're listening to us in the pop, pop culture podcast feed, uh, it'll still be more Defenders along with other... Uh, you know, other bits along the way, whether it's Star Trek, whether it's other Marvel stuff, whatever it might be, we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date. Absolutely. And of course, Pete, keeping us up to speed are our, our listeners on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. They are our own team of inhumans, except their hair works all the time. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say they are definitely not the wig. They are the teleporting dog of this operation. Um, so if you get yourself to a Patreon, P A T R E O N.com slash fantastic geek, everybody who contributes automatically gets a number of, uh, exclusive podcast, uh, episodes and content. And, uh, then you get to pick what level you'd like to donate and all sorts of perks to come with it after that. Pete, the the biggest gift, though, is a freebie. It's getting to talk to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,411 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you like. We are a fantastic geek found on fantasticgeek.com, fantasticgeek at gmail.com, fantasticgeek on Instagram and Twitter as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek, all one word with the PH. You got your Inhumans already. You get your The Defenders. You get your Star Trek Discovery. There's some Punisher up in there. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we didn't even mention here, Matt. They went back on their word and confirmed in the San Diego Comic-Con panel that there will be a connection to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ha ha, fooled you. So all of that when you like Fantastic Geek on Facebook. Well, Pete, with that, 
as uh, as stated earlier, we uh, we will update this uh, Inhumans feed as needed. Uh, with that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. After all, you're only human.